Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. At the beginning of 2012, a local DJ at a radio station in Valdosta, Georgia, known as DJ Juan Gotti to his listeners, but known by his legal name, Stefan Edgerton, to his family, was shot and killed right after finishing his shift at the radio station. Years later, his case is still unsolved, and many questions, mainly who would want to kill this beloved DJ, are still unanswered. I'm Nisa. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the mysterious murder of Stefan Edgerton. Stefan Edgerton was from Valdosta, Georgia. Whenever I hear of Valdosta, my mind immediately goes to the Kendrick Johnson case, which I've covered in season one. And I thought it was interesting that Stefan's murder was in January 2012, and Kendrick's death was a year later in January 2013. In no way do I think uh, these cases are connected, but I do think that they could provide some insight into the way the investigations into these cases are conducted by the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. First, I want to begin with a little about who Stefan was. Stefan Edgerton was a devoted father and husband. He was also a beloved DJ at a radio station in Valdosta. As a radio personality, he went by the stage name DJ Juan Gotti. He was basically a local celebrity. Everyone knew him and everyone loved him. He didn't at all seem like the type to have enemies. As I was gathering photos for this case, I couldn't help but notice that Stefan has this contagious smile. Like when you see his smile, it makes you want to smile just as big as him. His smile gives off this positive energy. And it seems like everyone in his life, everyone who knew him, viewed him as this positive guy. He seemed like the fun, vibrant guy that you would want to hang out with. I think he really loved and enjoyed his life with his family and serving as a DJ for his local community. Stefan was a husband and a father. He was married to Hilda Edgerton. And he was a loving father to three children, his daughter Mia at the time, who was 13, and his two sons, Christian and Winston, who were seven and six, respectively. His wife, Hilda, has described him as a clown who made his family laugh. Stefan was around 5'6", with a medium build, and even though he was considered small in stature, he had a big personality. He had this smooth walk and cool guy energy about him. He was a hands-on father, and he would play in the pool and on the trampoline with his kids, 
He would grill for them and sing songs with them. He was just someone you always wanted to be around because he was fun. He served in the United States National Guard in his younger years. He was named high school all-state vocalist and band captain at Waycross High School. He was a founding member of a male teenage gospel group called the Mellow Tones. He was also a former student at Duke Ellington School of Arts in Washington, D.C., and he founded the Valdosta State University Gospel Choir, so he was very clearly musically inclined, and it was obviously his passion. His wife, Hilda, says, quote, he could touch any instrument and play it. He had a voice that would mesmerize anybody. All three of the children can sing, too. I sing, too. And he said he'd never marry anybody who couldn't sing, end quote. Before Stefan died, Hilda and Stefan were about to celebrate their 14th anniversary and Stefan had just turned 40 years old in December. The two met in church at Hope Missionary Baptist Church, where Hilda's father was the pastor. Stefan was originally from Waycross, Georgia, but he had moved to the Valdosta area to attend Valdosta State College. On the other hand, Hilda was a Valdosta native. She was born and raised as a Valdosta girl. Stefan was part of the church band, and Hilda was part of the choir. Over the years, he used his charm and his wit to get the attention of Hilda. Hilda thought that Stefan was just the coolest guy at church. And to her, he always made the choir rehearsals fun and enjoyable. She also loved his sense of humor. He was always cracking jokes and trying to get her to smile. And soon, the two of them were on their first date together. Stefan was seven years older than Hilda. He was 26 and she was 19. They didn't date for long, though, because soon they were married and beginning their life together. In 2005, Stefan worked at the WGOV-FM radio station where he broadcasted under the name DJ Juan Gotti. His favorite thing about the job was working with the music. He would play old school music to the current popular songs. He also did an unsigned artist day where he promoted other artists who were trying to get radio time and trying to get discovered. Friday, January 20th, 2010 was a day that seemed like any other. Stefan was getting ready to head to his job at the radio station. He reminded his wife and kids that he was going to grill and cook for Hilda's grandmother's birthday the following day. He had just recently introduced his sons to basketball, and so he promised them that he would play with them the next day. So the whole family was looking forward to these upcoming plans, but his family wasn't expecting to see him until the following day, as his shift was from 6 p.m. to midnight. As far as we know, Stefan's shift was a normal one up until he left to go home. According to Hilda, Stefan always worked on the radio up until around 11 p.m., and then he would be ready to walk out the door and head home by midnight. But as he walked the short distance from the studio to his car alone, an unknown assailant came from the bushes near the studio and pulled out a 38 revolver and fired at Stefan three times. Looking at the pictures of the studio property, I was initially confused by Stefan saying that the shooter came from the bushes near the studio because as you can see in the picture the picture shows no bushes near the studio so i'm left to think maybe he's referring to the bushes near his car wherever that was parked so the shooter escapes into the woods and runs away probably thinking that stefan is dead but stefan is still alive and again here i was confused by stefan saying that the shooter escaped into the woods perhaps he means the area way behind the building Hilda says that her husband would usually wear his headset underneath his dreads. She suggests this habit is probably from being in survival mode. You know, if he needed to make a call, then he was ready. So after he was shot, he was able to immediately call 911 for help. The call to 911 came in around 11.53 p.m. 
Stefan was able to describe the assailant while on the 911 call in great detail for having just been shot. The news reported that Stefan described the shooter as a white male, slim build around 5'9", dressed in all black and wearing either a cap or a ski mask. He was asked if the shooter took anything from him and Stefan said the attacker did not take anything. Hilda herself has never listened to the 911 recording and I'm, I can only imagine that she didn't want to hear her husband suffering in that way and I totally understand why she would choose not to listen to it. But a close friend to the family, Reverend Floyd Rose, took a listen to the recording for her. Something that stuck out to him was that Stefan kept saying, quote, he ruined me, he destroyed me, end quote. On the recording, Stefan kept trying to offer a description of the shooter to the dispatcher, but he kept saying he doesn't know who did it. While the dispatcher was trying to keep Stefan on the line to get more information like where he was at and what was around him, Stefan was struggling to stay responsive and alert to his surroundings. He was busy fighting for his life and making it back home to his wife and his children. After 10 minutes on the phone with the 911 dispatcher, emergency services finally arrived. When police and EMS got there, Stefan was still breathing, despite being shot once in the head and twice in the torso, and he was found lying on the ground near his car. Hilda has said, quote, that person intended to make sure he was dead. I thank God he didn't lie there and die like a dog. That God gave him that divine strength to lie there and make that call. Stefan was rushed to the hospital, but sadly he didn't make it. He died from his wounds at the hospital at 12.53 a.m. Hilda received news about Stefan in the early morning hours around 1 a.m. when Stefan and Hilda's daughter, Mia, was startled by a knocking at the door. The knocking woke Mia up and Mia ran to her mother's room to alert her. Hilda was at first confused. If there was any knocking at the door, usually Stefan would answer it because he would sleep on the couch that was in the living room. He usually didn't go into the bedroom because he didn't want to wake up his wife. But when Hilda walked out into the living room, the couch was empty. Stefan wasn't there. So Hilda answered the door and a detective greeted her and broke the devastating news that her husband was just murdered. Almost immediately, the police started firing off questions. Obviously, time was of the essence, but at the same time, this was the worst moment of Hilda's life, and she was completely shocked and devastated. How was she supposed to answer questions so soon? She was sure that they must have been talking about the wrong person, that Stefan wasn't actually gone. Around 9 a.m., Hilda asked her pastor to come over to the house and help her break the news to her children. None of what happened to Stefan made any sense to them. He wasn't the type of man to get into trouble. The Lowndes County Sheriff's Office was assigned to investigate the case. Although some people told Hilda that they felt the Sheriff's Office wasn't giving it their all with investigating his case, she disagrees. She feels certain investigators are working hard to help solve this case. So the investigation began with assessing the crime scene. Let's start with where the studio is located. The radio station studio is in a remote location, and at night it is surrounded by almost complete darkness, and it's barely visible from the nearby highway, Highway 84. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. According to the other staff at the radio station, the location is considered a remote and creepy area. In order to get to the studio, you have to drive down this dirt road that is very dark. The building wasn't really well lit, there weren't any cameras for security, and overall it spooked many people out whenever they had to work there at night, especially alone. It actually turned out that the studio only had dummy security video cameras, so detectives weren't able to look at any surveillance footage for help with the case. There were very few clues at the crime scene. What detectives were able to find out was that Stefan signed off around 11.45pm and then he switched the radio station over to an automated system. After that, he left the building and that's when he was shot. When emergency services arrived, Stefan was found lying on the ground between his car and the front door of the radio station building. The emergency service personnel observed a set of keys, his cell phone, a phone charger, a bag of potato chips, Newport cigarettes, and what they believed to be marijuana near him. They also noted that his car was in the parking lot and it didn't appear to be disturbed. 
so they're thinking no one broke into it. Detectives quickly ruled out robbery because Stefan still had $100 on him, and his cell phone and other things considered worth stealing were left behind. There was also money still found in Stefan's car, and he himself told the 911 dispatcher that the attacker took nothing from him. Canine units were brought into the crime scene and the surrounding area, and they were able to pick up a scent starting from the incident area and heading eastward toward the wood line, which led them to a clear cut. Then, after approaching the clear cut, the canine units tracked the scent north up toward Highway 84, but that is where the canines lost the scent. However, authorities did find some castings of tire prints near that area. This led detectives to believe that the shooter either had a car parked there, or maybe they had a car waiting for them to help them get away. Next, investigators canvassed the area and stopped vehicles. They're hoping that they can find a witness who happened to pass by the station when Stefan was murdered. And this method uncovers a potential lead for detectives. There was a truck driver who was traveling eastbound on Highway 84 around the time of the incident. And he reported a small car with large rims that passed him at a high rate of speed about a mile away from the location where Stefan was shot. That car continued driving into town via I-75 and then headed north. And although during that time there were traffic cameras posted on that route, they weren't set up to record. So detectives were unable to identify the vehicle and therefore the driver. As a result, the driver was never questioned and that lead kind of just dried up. According to detectives, Stefan Edgerton's murder hit all the points of a targeted assassination. But the people who loved Stefan struggled to understand who would want to kill him. He just wasn't the type to make enemies easily. When detectives looked into Stefan and his relationships, they couldn't find anyone who had anything bad to say about him. He was well-liked and everyone had something nice to say. He had no known enemies that detectives were able to find, so detectives consider the theory of mistaken identity. Maybe the shooter shot the wrong guy. But that is simply speculation, as detectives are unable to find any evidence pointing to it being, or not being, a case of mistaken identity. There were occasionally disgruntled musicians and rappers who didn't appreciate it when Stefan and the other radio station DJs declined to play their music. But other than this, at work there were no enemies. Stefan was always laughing, having a good time, and making his co-workers laugh too. As the investigation continues, speculation and rumors keep coming in. And it's challenging for detectives to decide what should be taken seriously and pursued, and what was just baseless rumors that had no basis of truth in it. That's until one day, one possible suspect piques the interest of detectives. This potential suspect is a drug dealer from another county who goes by the name White Boy. The sheriff's office received an anonymous tip that this individual named White Boy should be looked at in relation to Stefan's murder. White Boy was explained to detectives as a black male who is light-skinned. The tip suggested that the connection between White Boy and Stefan was White Boy's girlfriend. The tipster alleged that White Boy could have killed Stefan because Stefan was allegedly involved with his girlfriend. And the motive the tipster was suggesting was that there was a love triangle between the three and White Boy was jealous. White Boy's girlfriend was interviewed by detectives at the sheriff's office, but in the interview, she stated that she did not know Stefan Edgerton. She only knew of him from his radio show. After talking with White Boy's girlfriend, there were no other leads and no probable cause to pursue the White Boy tip. After hearing about the White Boy tip, Hilda conducts her own investigation. First, she found a few people who knew of White Boy, 
and she wanted to get more information about his character. Was white boy capable of murder? Who did he interact with? What was he like? Is he someone Stefan could know? And the few people Hilda spoke with said that white boy could easily become upset with someone, but he wouldn't act on his feelings by murdering someone. And something kind of suspicious and cryptic was told to Hilda during her investigation into white boy. So one of white boy's cousins who spoke with Hilda cautioned her to be careful of working with the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office because it looked as if they just wanted to pin Stefan's murder on anybody they could find. Ultimately, Hilda also comes up with nothing to point to White Boy being involved in her husband's murder. If White Boy was involved in a love triangle with Stefan and his girlfriend, White Boy is no longer around to talk about it or clear his name from suspicion. He was shot and killed in a drug-related homicide shortly after Stefan's murder. However, another rumor of romantic entanglement crops up again during the investigation after detectives receive a copy of Stefan's phone logs. There was one particular phone call in the phone log that detectives focused on. The phone logs revealed that Stefan talked on the phone with a female caller in Douglas, Georgia, for over an hour and a half before he left the studio the night he was killed. The sheriff's office did question this unknown woman. Her name and identity have not been revealed to the public or to Hilda. However, Hilda was told by detectives that there was nothing leading them to believe that this woman or anyone she was affiliated with had something to do with Stefan's murder. At this point in the investigation, Hilda is desperate for answers. And I think like anyone would, she replays every single conversation, every single interaction that she had with her husband in the days leading up to his murder. She's checking for clues or any odd behavior that now stands out in retrospect and could provide a lead. In her memory, for the most part, Everything seemed normal in the days leading up to his murder, but there was one strange incident two weeks before that could provide some insight into the murder. One day, Stefan came home and flipped a business card out of his hand onto the bed. Hilda was sitting on the bed and noticed the card. She also noticed Stefan wasn't himself and she asked him what was wrong and what this business card was all about. She was worried because Stefan seemed disgruntled or angry about something. She picked up the card and read it, and it had the name of a sheriff of a nearby county on it. Hilda was confused by why he would have that card, and she asked him about it again. Stefan told her that the man on the card came by the station to talk with him. Obviously, Hilda asked Stefan why a sheriff would come by his station to talk with him. He isn't the type to get in trouble with the law, so... She was worried. Then she asked Stefan if he was in trouble. But Stefan simply told Hilda that the issue wasn't that serious to him and that he told the sheriff that he didn't have anything to say to him. In the conversation with his wife, Stefan didn't seem fearful of the conversation with the sheriff, but more angry and frustrated with the interaction with the sheriff. At points in the conversation with his wife, Stefan got heated and said some choice words and kind of shut down the conversation. He never came back to Hilda to talk about what the conversation with the sheriff was all about. Hilda had this feeling that there had to be more to that business card and the sheriff. But unfortunately, Stefan kept it all to himself, never revealing any further details to his wife. Stefan's friend and co-worker, DJ Big Nick Harden, also recalled some unusual activity at the radio station after Stefan's murder. And that unusual activity often leaves Nick Harden wondering if there is any connection to the murder. Overall, he acknowledges that the radio station was not a good working environment even before the murder. According to DJ Big Nick, 
The radio station has always been a creepy and suspicious place to work, and he's felt that the owner has always been hiding something. He said that working there, you never knew what was happening and what was going on. To me, it seems like a lot was cloak and dagger about working there, and if you asked any questions, it would maybe cause problems for you. It seems like one of those work environments where you kind of, you go in and you keep your head down and you do your job and you go home. To make matters worse, the station owner knew that Stefan had been murdered, but she never wanted to stop by the station after the murder happened. And this really stuck out to Stefan's co-workers and the other staff at the station, because one would assume that the owner of the station would want to show their face after something horrible and tragic has happened there. You know, to maybe just reassure everyone of their safety, set up security measures, offer assistance of some kind, or just check up on the place for damages at the very least. But no, the owner insisted on not coming by the station. And after Stefan's co-worker found work elsewhere, he would hear rumors about how the owner was still acting suspiciously, even blaming others for what happened, and naming people who she thought was responsible for Stefan's murder. Even at one point accusing DJ Big Nick Harden of being involved in the murder. It was like she was throwing everyone's name out and was hoping that something would stick. But it leaves the question, why? What does she have to gain by spreading rumors and casting suspicion on others? To the staff at the station, it appeared that the owner was deflecting and it made her look even more suspicious. The mystery of who killed Stefan and why consumed not only Hilda, but the community and those close to the family. Over the years, there have been so many theories and so much speculation going around about this case. But over a decade later, Stefan Edgerton's case is still unsolved. The murder and the investigation has been an emotional roller coaster for Stefan's family. His family wants closure. They want to know who murdered Stefan. But at the same time, they also realize that they may have to endure another roller coaster of emotions when they figure out why Stefan was murdered and everything that comes with bringing the killer to justice. Understandably, Stefan's kids have struggled and have had to undergo counseling, as I think anyone would under these circumstances. And my heart just absolutely breaks for them because I know as they've gotten older, they've had to face the realization that their father isn't there and that, that he's missing milestones in their lives. You know, it's sad whenever we lose a loved one, but for them to have to endure losing their father in such a violent way is especially heartbreaking. The sheriff's office claims that they have not forgotten about this case and that they're hoping for someone to come forward with information about the case. And that's because they believe that someone, aside from the killer, may know something that could point them in the right direction toward a suspect. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk has made a public statement that though he wasn't sheriff at the time of the murder, his opinion is that the most likely suspect was killed in a shootout several years after Stefan was killed. He did not give specifics of the investigation or the identity of the suspect or how he formed this opinion about a suspect. After Stefan's death, his family has been able to thrive just as he would have wanted for them. Their son Christian graduated high school and was a star football player whose team won the state championships. Winston, the youngest, is musically gifted just like his father. He earned first chair tuba in the state of Georgia All-State Band. And Mia, the oldest, pursued a PhD in neuroscience and now has a child of her own. Since the murder, Hilda has moved from the area and has tried to start a new life. Of course, she misses Stefan. She misses his witty humor, his musical genius, and his cooking the most.
but his memory lives on in their children, and she relies heavily on her faith to get her through. Over the years, Hilda has been able to find new love. Although this family has endured such a painful tragedy, it's heartwarming to know that they've been able to still live full lives, and they seem to be doing well, as well as they can be after enduring such a great loss and in such a heart-wrenching way. Stefan Edgerton's case is still unsolved and his family is seeking justice and answers. If you have any information about the murder of Stefan Edgerton, please contact the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office at 229-671-2985 or loundssheriff.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. If you enjoy the show, please show your support by leaving a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Lost Crimes Library pod. Before you go, make sure you hit the follow button because new episodes drop every Wednesday and you won't want to miss it. 